me tell you something, folks. We spent the one, the last one hour in the presence of Jesus with the power of God moving in this building. There's no telling what God has already done here. Somebody has already felt a special anointing and a, got a healing, got an answer, the joy of the Lord. I just, I don't know that I'll do much more than talk today. Now, I know you don't believe that. But I just want to convey unto you my heart after spending this past week in fasting and prayer, seeking the face of God. I, uh, I knelt to pray and asked the Lord what I needed to talk to you about today. So I come up with this real, real deep sermon today. You probably have a hard time understanding it. My subject today is this, we love him because. And I'm going to let you fill in the blank, but I'm going to try to help you fill it in for the next little while. In the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 39, the apostle was writing, he said, we love him. This is the scripture. We love him because he first loved us. Would you just say that with me? We love him because he first loved us. I, was, I got to thinking about all that this week and especially this morning in early prayer. I, uh, I love getting up early on Sunday mornings and being here long before the sun rises and talking with the Lord and making sure me and him's on the same page. And... Uh, I want to be on his page. It really doesn't matter if he's on my page. But I want to be where he's at. And I thought about all of the the things that we love for. We love. We love. Guys, you fell in love with her because, first of all, she looked good. We love people that are kind to us. We love people who do good deeds for us. We love people who are gentle and caring. We just we love for different reasons. We love we love because of the qualities in people. You know, it's hard not to love somebody when they're constantly doing good for you. It's hard not to love somebody. But here's here's what John said. He said, We don't love because he's he's kind or he's gentle or he's or he's good looking or we, we don't love for that reason. We simply love him because he loved us first. He loved us unconditionally. And I, all the scriptures of the, of the book of God talk about how that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We, we, we fall in love with him when we come to him because we understand what he did for us. It was again in 1 John in chapter 3 and verse 16 that the writer said, Hereby perceive we, or we know the love of God because He laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. John said, We love Him because He bought us. He paid our debt. He became sin for me. He was the supreme sacrifice for the whole world. We love him because of Calvary. Can you say amen? Today will be a lot about Calvary because it's communion Sunday. 
And it was John in his writing in the book of St. John chapter 15 and verse 13 that said, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Let me tell you, when you stop and take a look back and see what Jesus did at Calvary, it will, it will surely make you pause and be thankful. Because you see, the old song said it this way, I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on a cross in disgrace. But Jesus, God's Son, took my place. Is there anybody here today that understands that you're here because of the love of God and the grace of God and the mercies of God? It's all because He loved us when we were yet unlovable. He loved us while we were yet sinners. Let me tell you about God. You can't do enough to make Him love you anymore. And you can't do anything to make Him love you any less. He just loves you unconditionally. He loves you because you are His. Hallelujah. I I just feel like preaching a little bit this morning. The love of God, the Bible said, constraineth us. The Bible talks about the love of God being shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad out of all the billions of people upon the face of this earth that I know and I understand that He loved me. He loved me when I'm down. He loves me when I'm up. He loves me when I'm good. He loves me when I'm bad. He just loves me. Hallelujah. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but give eternal life. You tell me that He don't love you. He loved you enough to pay your debt and to buy you and to set you up for an eternity in pleasure with God. I can't answer for you, but I thank God for the love of God today. Hallelujah. I read, a, I read a story in the book of Luke, chapter 7. begins about verse 36. I read it early this morning. My mind was turned to it. I don't know that I'll read all of it, but the Bible said one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him, and he went to that Pharisee's house, and he sat down to meet, talking of Jesus. And behold, the Bible said, A woman in the city, which was a sinner which was a sinner, which she knew that Jesus said it meet at the Pharisee's house. She brought an alabaster box of ointment. She stood at his feet behind him weeping, had begun to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. The Bible said when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him. She is a sinner. Those Pharisees, 
that were sticklers on the Word. Sticklers about the book, but didn't perceive the love of God. If he was a prophet, he knows she was a sinner. Oh, Jesus said to him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say all. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence, the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he, he frankly forgave them both. He said, tell me, Simon, tell me which one of them is going to love him more. Who's going to love him more? And Simon said, well, I suppose the one that to whom he forgave the most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And then he turned to the woman, and he said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into your house, he said, and you gave me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Then gavest me thou no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in here, she's she's not ceased to kiss my feet, my head with all thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with the ointment wherefore he said simon listen to me her sins which are many are forgiven for she loved much but no to, to whom know this simon to whom little is forgiven the same loveth little and he said unto her thy sins are forgiven you want to talk about the love of god you want to know why i love him you don't understand why i love him because you don't know what all he's done for me. You don't see where he brought me from. You don't see where he drug me out of. You don't see what God has done in my life. Let me preach to you this morning. You love him because any ex-alcoholics in the room? Any ex-drug addicts in the room? Any people ever been bound to addictions? Anybody ever been in the pit of sin, wallowing and didn't know how to get out, scared for your life, didn't know if you was going to see another sunrise, worried about tomorrow, no money to pay your bills, no way to survive? I want to tell you what he does. He specializes in women like that. He specializes in those that are way, way down in sin. And he picks them up out of the miry clay. And he sets their feet on a rock. You want to talk about the love of God? He said, I didn't come to the well. I came to the sick. I came to heal somebody today. Hallelujah. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today. A song of praise. Hallelujah. See, when you when you forget what God's done for you, then you start losing your love. When you can't remember the pit from which you were dug. Big, you, you forgot what God did in your life. Come on now. Don't leave me now. 
the Lord, the Lord loves you unconditionally. He loves you because He just loves you. You don't have to give Him a reason. You don't have to. This is not a, a, a chalkboard up here where God's keeping score. You got an excellent mark, you got a bad mark. You got one good, one bad. How many good you're going to get today depends on how much I love you. No, 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 no. He loves you in the morning. He loves you in the noontime. He loves you in the evening. I'm just telling you what the Bible said. Let me give you a scripture. For God is... I'm not setting you up. But I want you to know something. He don't just love you. He wants to know if you love Him. I've preached to you a few minutes now about God loving you. You know that's true. If every one of us in this room could testify this, this morning, we'd have, we'd have this place standing on its feet for the next three hours, thanking God for what He's done for us. I know I can go through this this room today and put this microphone in people's mouth and say, just tell where God brought you from. And they'd start telling you stories and some of you'd shake your head and say, I can't believe that. I just can't believe where they came. I can't believe how they've changed. I can't believe what God's done for them. Let me tell you, He's a deliverer. He's a chain breaker. He's a savior. He's a healer. He's a psychologist. He's a psychiatrist. He's a counselor. He's He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. He's everything you need. He's all you need. And when you need Him, He is God and He loves you. Hallelujah. But let me reach to you or preach to you and reach for you in another way. John 21. His disciples were now gathered with Him by the seashore. And the Bible said in first, or excuse me, in John twenty-one fifteen. So when they had dined, that sounds like a bunch of Pentecostals, doesn't it? Dined. We dine with everything we do. So did Jesus. Nothing wrong with that, except when you get to looking like some of us. Oh, some of you smile. It won't break your jaw. It's okay. Smile in church. Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And I, I read this. I read this scripture again. I, I know it by heart. I can, I can just almost quote it to you. But, but he said, Peter, do you love me more than these? Everybody say these. Now, I got a feeling that he was talking to Peter about the nets, the boat. The fishing, because that's what he was called from. When he when he left his other life to be a disciple of Christ, he had to leave all that behind. Now I that's my that's my feel. The Bible just said, He said, Do you love me more than these? Lovest thou me more than these? And he said to him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love you. And and he said, Then feed my lambs. If you read on down for the next couple of verses, you will find him saying again, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said, Feed my sheep. And one more time in verse 17. And finally, 
finally, if you keep reading, he begins to tell Simon Peter, because you love me, this is, this is not going to be a good end for you. It's going to be an eternal good end, but it's, it's not going to be a good end for your life on this earth because you're going to die a martyr's death. Let me preach to you just a moment today. God not only loves us, but he's looking for people that love him. You see, you have to love him more than these. What is these, Pastor? I, I don't know what your these is. But here's what I know. You've got to love him more than anything in this world. That's why the Bible said, love the Lord, the first commandment, with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. Everything that's in you, every fiber of your body ought to love God more than these. It may be your job. It may be your hobby. It may be, it may be something in life that has your attention. I, I, I don't want to set a bad tone for the first part of this year, but i got to tell you, the Bible said in the last days that the love of many are going to wax. It's going to wax cold. You know what that means? A lot of folks are going to lose their love for God. They're going to lose their passion for God. They're going to lose that driving force that sends them to the house of God, that sends them to the place of prayer, that causes them to push back the plate and fast during the week. That that driving passion, that's what people are losing. And they're losing it in 2020. Don't you ever forget the words of this pastor. On the second Sunday, I've been doing this for 48 years. And I'm here to tell you that the love of many is waxing cold. Now just, just hang with me. You see, here's, and I could, I could go through, Nay, I don't have to do all that. I, I could point stuff out to you. You don't need that. You know in your heart if I'm talking to you today. You understand because, you see, it used to be that you couldn't wait to get in his presence. You couldn't wait to pray. You couldn't wait to give. You couldn't wait to worship. You couldn't wait to be with him. And now it's like, ah. Uh, you know, could I just make a statement to you today? All you kids in this house, listen to me. All you young people, listen to me. Parents, it's an indictment upon you if your children have to ask you on Saturday night, are we going to church tomorrow? Well, we're not shouting. But we're right where we need to be. I can't even imagine asking Ellen and Glenn Chance, are we going to church this week? That never was a question in my life. I can't imagine people. Let me tell you something. If this, this old... I know I'll be in trouble every time I use her for an example, but here I am. See this guy right here? April the 7th, 
48 years, April the 7th. She, she about knows me like the back of her hand. But let me just tell you this. If I said, Erlene, I love you more than anything in the world, but I ain't coming home this weekend. I'm going out with another woman. You're laughing, but that's what God's looking at. I love you, Jesus, more than anything, but I'm going fishing today. I love you, Lord, more than anything else, but I'm too tired to go worship you today. The preacher quit preaching and with the meddling, didn't he? This is what builds churches. This is what puts God front and center in our life. This is where we ought to be. Let me tell you something. When he said, love the Lord with all your heart, so there's some of you that have digressed. You've walked backwards instead of forward, and I'm going to preach to you. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're my best friend. I don't care if I barely know you. I'm going to preach to you on this Sunday morning. There is no time for slacking up. There's no time. The Lord is saying, who loves me? Who wants to be faithful to me? Who wants to give their everything to me? Who wants to lay it all on the line for me? Who wants to give me their very best? Who wants to be front and center? I don't know about you, but I want God to know that I love Him. Oh, don't think He don't notice. Don't think He don't understand. Brother Eric, you know what He told Israel in the Old Testament? He said, I'm sick of you, and here's why. I'm paraphrasing. He said, you are near me with your mouth, but you are far from me with your heart. I'm wondering if we don't have a lot of mouth religion. Woo, yeah, preacher, sing it. Woo, preacher, woo, yeah. I'll be back in three weeks. Or when I feel like it. Everybody say, I love you, brother. I know you do. That's why I'm preaching to you. And I will keep preaching to you. He said, well, Pastor, you know, you think it's really that important? I do. Because let me tell you, Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites the chosen people come and dine. You can't, you can't fast church every week and be a strong Christian. You can't just you can't just put God on the back burner and be fired up in the Holy Ghost and ready to go when he comes back for his church. If you're going to be saved, honey, you've got to get God first in your life. He's got to be number one, Brother Ronnie. He, you can't put him second. You can't put him. He said you can't have another God before me. You can't have another God. He said I'm a jealous God. I'm not telling you what I'm saying. I'm telling you what he said, Brother Hodge. He said, I'm a jealous God. He loves us, but he's looking for somebody to love him. He loves you unconditionally. All he's asking for is you to do it in this the same manner and to say Lord I love you I love you with everything here's what here's what first John said chapter 2 verse 15 you ought to go mark it in your Bible he said love not the world neither the things that are in the world for if the, any man love the world 
the love of the Father is not in him. But don't get me wrong today. I don't believe you got to talk, have to talk in tongues 24-7. I got hobbies. I love to fish. I love to hunt. I love to watch a good ball game. Don't bother me tomorrow evening unless you're dying. And then you'll be sure you're dead before you call me. I know some of you, some of you have called me on purpose at that time, just ragging me. Oh, Michelle. If you're in the hospital, just tell them to, I'll be there after the call. By the way, pray for the tigers. Can't ever preacher get away with that, but I can. So, so, I got hobbies. I love to enjoy life. I told my wife a few days ago, honey, I'm ready to crank my motor home and head down the highway. And I'll be honest with you, I'll be 67 years old this year. I'm like Jesus. I'm fixing to decrease. Or John the Baptist, I'm fixing to de- decrease and somebody else about to increase. Because I'm just getting old enough that i got to enjoy life, a few things, and do a few things I want to do. If you don't like that, you'll get over that too. But here's what I want to tell you. Never, never will anything come between me and God. Never will I love a hobby or a possession or my family or anything more than God. I love my family more than I love you, but I don't love them more than I love God. I love God top in my life. It's this order, and I want you to hear me in the very beginning of January 2020. Here's the pecking order. If you please, you love God, you love your family, you love the church. God created it in that order, and he did it on purpose. You love God, you love your family, you love the church. Don't anybody forget what I'm telling you. God, family, church. I want you to say it with me. God, family, church. Now, you love your family enough to keep them involved in the church. And you love them enough to pray for them. And you love them enough to be an example to them. You don't love them enough to be involved in their sin. You don't love them enough to go when they're missing church. Anybody in my family knows if you come to my house... I'm going to church. See you when I get home if you don't want to go. We having fun yet here? Does anybody love him? Does anybody want to serve him in 2020? You see, you go a lot of places this morning, get your ears tickled on the pastor, tell you're okay, and, and pat you on the back and say, come back next Sunday and bring your tithes. Or if you don't want to, just come back next month. But just be sure you bring your tithes. That's all they're after. But I don't care today what you think about me. I'm preaching to you the word of the Lord this morning. You better get in love with Jesus Christ. You better fall in love with Him all over again. You better love Him from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. You better throw the towel in and say, God, I'm in this thing to the final bell. I'm here to the fight and finish. I'm not giving up no matter what. I'm going to finish strong. I didn't start out not to finish. I didn't start out to quit. I started out to finish. And I'm going to finish by the help 
and grace of God. You see, when you love Jesus, and I'm hurrying now, when you love Jesus, you love him with everything. You love him with your mind. You love him with your heart. You love him with your pocketbook. Some of you don't love him as much as you used to because I looked at your records this week and you gave three times as much in 2017 as you did in 2019. And your leaders in this church, you ain't going to be a leader and not pay tithes in this church. Let me just tell you. I'm not uncomfortable with y'all. I'm feeling pretty good about what I'm saying. If you're uneasy, it might be a reason. See, this is this is what takes us to heaven. It's not just a hoop and a shout. God loves us. He loves us enough that he brought us here on Sunday. Hadn't this service been marvelous to this point? Hasn't God moved mightily to this point? He's not just looking for us to have a, 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 a pep rally on Sunday morning. He's looking for somebody that will walk with him on Monday and talk with him on Tuesday and be involved with him on Wednesday and love him on Thursday and, and, and give everything to him on Friday. He's looking for somebody that loves him back. That's why he said, Simon, do you love me? He said, you know I love you, Lord. He said, okay. And he asked him three times. He wanted to be sure that Simon was in love with him. So today we're going to we're going to do communion. I, I preached all that. You need to take this and pray over it if you haven't already. Some of you knew in coming in that we're going to do this and you're you're ready. You did what you need to do. Let me tell you something. By the way, I didn't say this earlier. Listen, see this see this sheet of paper? You have it in your hands. See this? This is not instead of your tithe and offering. This is in addition to. Everybody say amen. See, we don't just swap places for our money. Somebody asked me, Sister Judy, I love you so much. Sister Judy came to me. I wouldn't embarrass you for anything. But what a sweet lady that God's given us in this church, Sister Judy Hodge. Brother, you ought to thank God every day for your mama. She's a good one. And besides that, she can make some candy that'll make you hurt yourself. She said, Wednesday night, she said, I, I want to know where to put mama. Where do you need it most? She, this is not a working woman. This is a, an elder that's on a fixed income. You can write it out to missions. You can write it out to ties. You can write it out to all, first ties. Ties is 10% of everything. Everybody say amen. 10% of your increase. Anything above tithes isn't offered. I don't care where you put it. This is a great need right here because what we do with this is we pay the church notes so that we can take other money and we can do whatever God wants us to do. We have some fabulous givers in this church. We have some wonderful people. And I'm not talking about how much you give because we got people that according to God give more than those that give a lot because they give all. Are y'all tired of me? 
Am I doing okay? All this stuff don't just happen. All these screens, all this music, all these beautiful surrounded you, this don't just happen. It happens because people have loved God for years and have given to God and dedicated to God. So pray over that because when God says, do you love me? Could I tell you what he said? Anybody know this scripture? I want somebody to finish it for me real loud when I start quoting it. Where your treasure is. Go back and read Matthew chapter 6. Jesus was talking in the Sermon on the Mountain. He was saying, don't lay your treasures up on this earth. He said, because moth and rust are going to corrupt it. And thieves are going to break through and steal. Don't put it down here. He said, lay up your treasure in heaven. Because that's where moth and rust doth not corrupt. And thieves can't break through and steal. And then he said this, for where your treasure is, if it's in this earth, but if you're putting it toward heavenly dividends, if you're investing in the kingdom of God, if you're putting it where God can help us reach our city and reach our world, to give to missions, to give to foreign fields, to give to home missions, to give to, for our church to reach our community. Ladies and gentlemen, that's called the work of God. That's what it's all about. That's why I sing the song often, Falling in Love with Jesus. It's the best thing I've ever done. So if you love him, give to him. If you love him, give to him. I'm not spending a bunch of time on that. I will give you one quick scripture, if I may. One quick scripture. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. You ought, to, you ought to mark this in your Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Everybody in this room ought to highlight it in your Bible. Paul said, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. I said it last year. I'll say it again this year. You and only you will determine the harvest in your life. It's only you. I can't plant for you, but I'm planting for this old boy. I'm planting my own seed. Whatever you sow is what kind of crop you're going to have. Reaping day is a wonderful day if you sow the seed. Is everybody with me today? You determine. If you go out in a thousand acre field and you take a 50 pound bag of soybean seed and you just fling it until it's all gone. In a thousand acre field, you're going to be sorely disappointed when harvest day comes. Because that ain't much for a thousand acres. But let me tell you this. When you sow the way the Word of God says, and you're doing everything you can for the kingdom, it's coming back. Press down. 
shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. Could I tell you? Oh, I've preached a long time. That's wonderful. I'm so proud of myself. Could I tell you today the reason some of you are struggling is because you struggled with God. Jesus loves us. Everybody say, Jesus loves us. Come on, say, Jesus loves us. Say, he wants us to love him back. So today I stand before you, and I'm going to read a scripture very quickly this morning. Not my second sermon, but the ending. Listen, Luke 22:14. And when the hour was come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. And he said unto them with this... With desire I have desired to eat the Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not eat any more thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. He took the cup and he gave thanks. And he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the tree of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took the bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you, or for, for you this do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, The cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table, and truly the Son of Man goeth as it was determined. But woe unto them, or woe unto that man by whom he is betrayed. So Jesus himself took of the bread and the wine, and he drank and he ate, and said, This is my body, and this is my blood. And he said, When you do this, you remember me. Remember how much he loved you. Remember how much he still loves you. So we stand all over this house today. The ushers are about to come and they'll have an usher at every aisle. And they will have the communion. We invite you today to take communion prayerfully with us. The scripture said, let a man examine himself. I do not believe that we ought to fear communion. I believe if we come with sincere and repentant hearts, that no matter where we've been or what we've done, that God, God will bless us in the time of communion. So today, here's what we're going to do, okay? And we'll do it all at one time. We'll let that, we'll let that, we'll, we'll go from, from that side, okay? That end of your aisle. Everybody look at me. That end of your aisle. And we'll come around. And all sections can do it at the same time. If you'll, get, if you'll get some grape juice and you'll get some bread and you'll go back to your places and stand there, we will all take communion together. I want to bless you before we do this. I want to pray over you before you take communion. So now, while we just sing a simple song and we begin to worship and praise God, I want you to come. Sister Jocelyn, if you'd start. Brother Tommy, if you'd start. Come on right here. Right here. That's right. Just make a make a circle. Come on, kids. Come on, right here. 
Everybody come right here. It's communion time at Christian Life. It's a time of strength. Thank you, Balcony, for coming. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This do in remembrance of me, he said. We're doing this to remember the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. chapter 12 the children of Israel were getting out of bondage if you go read the preceding chapters you will find that God spoke to Moses and told him to take a lamb for every household without spot or blemish and put it outside the household for four days on the fourth day slay the lamb apply the blood to the doorpost and above the door and when the death angel passed over those that had the blood applied the death angel passed on it's called the Passover I just read to you it's a feast of Israel it still is 
It, it is until this day. The feast of the Passover. They celebrated the Lord saving them from death because they had blood applied to their door. Today, we celebrate because the Lord has saved us from death. And the second death spoken about in Revelation does not come to the children of God. We can only die physically if we are prepared to meet Jesus Christ. That second death is for sinners and people that reject God. But thank God for Calvary. Thank God that He bought us. Thank God that He gave His body and His blood. And what we're about to do today is in thanksgiving for the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, all over this building on this Sunday morning, I come to thank you for Calvary today. For every, every soul that sits in this room today. You went up Golgotha's hill. You suffered stripes. You were beaten and bruised. They nailed you to a tree. But you didn't stay there. You only died to buy us and to purchase our salvation. Your blood spilled upon that ground. But that blood is forever powerful. We know that you arose and we know that you are victorious over death and hell for our sake. So this morning, when we do communion with you, we want you to understand, Lord, that we're thankful. We remember the price. We remember the cost. We remember the blood. We remember the pain. We remember your death. Thank you, Jesus. What we do today is to give us strength for our journey. So ladies and gentlemen, as we stand together, if you figured it out, there's a little place to pull open on the top of that cup that has a little piece of unleavened bread. So this morning as we stand at Christian life together, we're going to take the bread, which is symbolic of the body of Jesus Christ, and we all partake together remembering that he gave his body at this time. Standing today with the cup in our hand, symbolic of the precious blood of Jesus, we remember every drop of blood Jesus shed for us. And we thank you, Lord, and we partake today in Jesus' name.